This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Welcome to Manawatu Conversations, recollections of the past and sometimes opinions about the future. Today we have with us Elizabeth and Bev Page. And Bev Page and Iola Haggerty. So, today, listeners, we are going to be talking about what did we learn from the lockdowns and the Level 4s. And the first thing I'd like to ask is, what did we think Level 4 would be? Elizabeth, do you know what you... What did you think when you, we heard that, gosh, we're going, to go, we're going to have to stay at home, not go to the shops... Well, it was quite frightening being on my own. I thought, I've just got to do this. There's no other way. So it's a journey. Get to the end somehow. Mm. Okay. And and that's what I didn't know what to expect because I'd never done it before. But a bit like Elizabeth, this is what we have to do, so we do it. Yes. And I think for me, all I wanted to do was to make sure the cupboards were filled and the... That, um, oh, entertainment. I raced up to the library and got uh, at least ten books out and um, wondered how it would be once I ra- ran out of reading material. Mm. So was there any of those sorts of things that I bothered have, you? I, have, um, I belong to a women's group that um, has bookstores, or did have bookstores occasionally, and the books were stored in my garage, so I had about ten boxes of books that I could have delved into if I needed to so I knew I was quite happy there and food wise we did the same thing we just went and stocked up on we knew the wee dairy at the corner was going to be open all the time and you can get anything you need down there at a pinch so we didn't panic really No, I did the opposite, I didn't stock up on anything because for me the highlight was going to the supermarket I just carried on with routine and and I broke um, level four and three lockdown rules by going when I wanted to go for my walks. I drove ten k's and did my walk because it's my favourite walk, and I was on my own. What's the Ooh, problem with that? Just like the- and nobody told you off. Mm. No, you Gosh. obviously went to an MP and didn't get on your bike like the one down south did. Yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, so, um, you know, they're obviously level four, and then, we, of course, we were better prepared then when we went to the second lockdown, weren't we? So was there some changes for you then, Elizabeth, in the second lockdown? Well, the first lockdown was better because at least we were given three days, almost three days' notice. The thing about the August one is... We were told, what, quarter past six in the evening, that 11.59pm tonight, you couldn't go to the library, the library's shut. Mm. You couldn't go and, you know, um, 
to do anything, so no notice, just, you know, like it or lump it. Mm. Um, the first lockdown, I had retired at that stage and my husband hadn't, and he was regard- we had our own business and it was regarded as essential services, so he only got called out a couple of times. He had to have a letter from a government agency to say he was allowed to go out of the area. But what happened, he didn't get called out much, but when lockdown finished, he said, I don't think I want to go back to work. Um, And so I'm not quite sure when it finished, but in the March of the following year, we sold our business and he retired. And that was a a thing that he got. He realised, he's only 70, but he realised that he quite liked being at home. He found lots of things to do. Um, we learned how to walk the other way when we got sick of each other Um, and it was wonderful I I think I had a bit of a practice in lockdown because I love my own company and I've had two years on my own at home as a retired lady and then all of a sudden he was there every day and I thought oh I've got I've got to deal with this I've got to deal with this we've been together since we were 13 so he's like joined at the hip but um and that's what I learned. I learned this is a practice for retirement. We absolutely loved it. Loved the first lockdown. The second one wasn't as easy because I think we were all getting a bit tired of all yes. the restrictions. Yes. And um, I don't think it was as comfortable, um, personally. And it wasn't as open and friendly on the streets either. The first one, like I said before, families actually seeing them walking and talking to their children... On their phone all the time. Mm. I didn't know there were so many dogs in this neighbourhood, and I met them all. You know, walking, your mask on, and mm. but yes. Yeah, so, to me, I loved it. And you said before, Iola, that we're probably blessed actually because where we are in life, it was easy for us. Mm. I it wasn't so easy for lots and lots of lots families. Of people. No. Mm. And the other point is that with the second lockdown, masks were mandatory. Yes. Prior to that, we didn't have to wear them. Mm. So that cuts out, you know, your ability to um, engage with anyone out on a walk. That's right. Mm. But I tell you a funny story about the lockdown. I walk early in the mornings and I was by myself in College Street. It was quarter past six, it was dark, and a courier van pulled over and I went, oh. And he's the regular courier around here. And he says, where's your mask? And I said, I've seen you and three cats. My mask is in my pocket. (laughs) Well, if the police see you, they'll pull you over and you'll be fined. And I said, what? Anyway, he drove off. And I thought, nah, he's got it all wrong. And then in the second lockdown, well, it wasn't lockdown, I met him in the post shop collecting things without a mask on. And I went, huh, you told me I had to have one on at quarter past six in the morning when there's no one around, and yet you're standing next to me in chemist here without a mask. I loved, I loved challenging him. He's a grumpy old shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there did did seem to be with some people a bit of a change in attitude when it came to the second lockdown, and I think it was, as you say... um, People were getting sick of it, but also I think there was a for a lot of people the first lockdown. You sort of knew your job was going to be there at the end of it. Yes, 
But the second lockdown, you knew that was probably not going to be happening. Yes. And I think that that there was much, much more uncertainty about our way of life after the second lockdown than there had been with the first. First, we thought we'd all be going back to normal, didn't we? Yes, we Mm. did. We did. I agree. So, you know, thinking about that, um, has it changed your view of the world? Um, Well, it, it has changed mine... In, in two ways um, I'm a bit more hesitant about um, overseas travel Def- definitely not this year I think maybe not even next year um, I think there needs to be a bit more water under the bridge as far as that, that goes um, and locally because we've been all wearing our masks now I think 10 months, I think we started in August so mm. we're June now and we've been conditioned to wearing masks, I know I am and I wear mine um, when I'm in indoor environments with um, you know, um, like I, I go to the cinema um, and I wear it there and um, when I walk through the plaza, I've never worn my mask at any stage when I'm out exercising. I don't think that was actually compulsory as such, um, but a lot of people did. Um, and um, how else it's changed? Um, yeah, I think we're all a bit more um, conscious now of our health and vulnerability, and, you know, I'd hate to get long COVID. That's one of the things I really dread. So I do everything to avoid that. Mm. Mm. Um, it, it has changed me. I have always had a quite a um, happy-go-lucky attitude towards life, what will be, will be. And I suddenly realised that not everybody feels like that. And I got quite frustrated with the lack of resilience. I don't like that word. But how some people just when they had something taken away from them, like their freedom, they did not deal with it. And then there was all the comparison about our pandemic and the war. And I thought, you cannot compare how people coped in the war to a pandemic. It was completely different. We have no idea what it was like. My generation really no idea what it was like in the World World War Two. I'm talking about. Um, and so I got a little bit cross with people who whinged and moaned and just get on with it. I've been through a few traumas in my life and they knock you around but you pick yourself up and just do as you're told actually. I think that was a problem. You talked about New Zealanders before. We don't like being told what to do. No, and I, but again I think um we also have expectations that we will be looked after. Yes. And um, I think that, you know, just looking at what our health service is mm. happening today, we really do need to be mindful that, you know, if the whole system collapsed and we were ill, mm. you would then have to take self-responsibility. Yes. Why not take that? before it gets to a stage like that. I agree, and that's our health system wouldn't have coped and with a health background. I 
I was happy to have the vaccinations. I didn't quibble about that. I realised that heaps of scientists come together from all over the world, all countries, put mm. their knowledge together and come up with vaccinations that had and were working. Yes, seemingly. but and the, you know they did it really in eight to nine months, rather than the normal three years that it would. Have and to taken. focus on the fact people would say, "Oh, but look how quickly it happened. It can't be safe." Well, what other choice did we have? Well, that they did use um, the origins of the SARS when they had SARS. That that was the genesis of the vaccine. So they already had that in place, um, yes. and they. Customised it for the, the COVID nineteen. Also, 19. knew. I mean, my my sister is a nurse. She was in the South Island, and about two years before we got this lot, um, there were people coming into the surgery. Um, she worked for a GP with um, sore throats, coughing, you know, headaches, achy limbs, and the GP said it's a coronavirus, and it happens on a regular basis. So it was already, that type of virus was already around, so I mm. believe the scientist was already working mm. on something, and then COVID-19, which mm. is a coronavirus, mm. hit. Mm. And so they already had, I'm sure they had the basis, and yes. so that it was just mm. a hurry up because it's here before we realised. And yes. Because there had been a COVID-type uh, um, Almost, well, a spread in Canada some years ago, oh, and and that was where they, um, well, it was Corona, yeah, and so that's they why they were actually a wee bit ahead than what if they were starting from scratch. Mm. So it was it was really interesting, but you know, thank goodness, absolutely, you know, absolutely, thank goodness, and you know, I now know that. Um, in my view, all the mandates have gone. And what's been our death rate? It's very small, percentage-wise. What it was well, over a thousand. Is, yes, but they say people died with. I want them to start yeah. reporting and people died of. Yes. There's yeah. a, a huge there difference is. there because lots of people have COVID, but they die of, of complications. Com- of other yeah. What their, um, mm. their actual... Mm. illness was. We've got a friend who works at the Inverlay Research Centre down south and she's epidemiologist she, no that's not the etymologist, insects Um, but she said with a virus like this, a virus can only exist with a host and so if you vaccinate you are depleting the hosts that are available so it will still exist but it will get weaker because you're weakening it by vaccination Mm -hmm. and so you'll end up with another one and then Omicron came along Mm. and that was a weaker one as far as Mm. side effects and then we had Delta which is another Mm. and now there was another one? Yes there is which Mm. is is weaker Mm. for normal healthy people people are going to die because Mm. of the side effects but I think how percentage of deaths is Mm. okay so back to the lockdowns is um what did we actually learn from this for ourselves and for what we would like the community to well i found that the community cared about each other which we've lost 
the neighbourhoods, I mean, we've got a good little lane we live in, but we just got to know each other better. And I've got several, my husband and I've got several elderly friends, and so I was doing their shopping, and I love supermarket shopping. And and one couple, they're very set in their ways, and so they give me a list, and I'd go along and think, hmm, I'll get that. And I'd say... Oh look, they didn't have that. So try this, and I'd buy them different things, and not expensive, and they loved it. So they got to experiment yeah. with food, just biscuits and yeah. you know little snacks and things. So I just loved the fact that people would talk to you when you walked down the street. Now, oh, I walk a lot. You've got to make people say hello some of the time, mm. which is quite sad. Mm. But it just showed that. When it comes down to it, we do need each other. We need yes, more. We need to have to Connected. talk to each. That's the word. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, Elizabeth. Um, so, well, I learnt um, that I'm resilient, um, and that my appreciation of nature was my bedrock. Um, it's it was always there, but I just had all this time to as I say, lose myself in nature when I go on my walks. Um, and and I learned how important meaningful relationships are to your mental and emotional well-being. Um, the other thing I'm conscious of is um, that, going back to a comment um, Bev made quite a while back, but it was about how some people compare lockdown to a war... Um, the only thing I'd like to say there is that with the lockdown, um, level four and level three to a certain extent, your whole um, ability to socialise was curtailed. So for people who do live on their own, that was really tough because it, it was everything, you know, cinemas, gyms, shops, all those little Opportunities that you would have had in normal times to converse are just suddenly swept away or like a rug pulled out from underneath you. Um, and getting back to the war, of course, they still had their dances and they, you know, carried on with their social life even when London was being blitzed. So, so there's that slight difference that a lockdown pandemic for me, the biggest impact was your lo- your loss of ability to socialise. And the only other comment I'd like to make is you can't have lockdowns continuing on and on and on because there are children who are going through that and teenagers who need to be able to meet up with their peers. And a lot of them were breaking lockdown rules in order to do that. I saw that loads of times, teenagers in Level 4, they'd all get together outside their bubbles. Um, And so I think, you know, a lockdown is fine. It has to be short, sharp and sweet. It can't be used as a way of curtailing people's freedom. I think... um with a with the lockdown, you'd said about teenagers needing to get out. Um, I've got teenage grandchildren, and they were constantly on social media, which they are all the time anyway. So a lot of teenagers now did miss school 
because they weren't meeting their friends, but they were still socialising. And we actually learned how to Zoom our grandchildren. We had Freaky Friday, every Friday in a lockdown, where we got, they're in Auckland, we got dressed up freakily and and communicated that way. So I think, in a way, we were quite lucky. I'm talking about teenagers, that they had social media. Now I mm. wish they didn't have it. But I understand people living on their own who didn't have that, Mm. it has created a lot of problems. Mm. We were glad that my mother-in-law had moved into a rest home before lockdown because otherwise we would have had to bring her home because she wouldn't have coped being on her own without anybody. Mm. Meals on Wheels, I did Meals on Wheels during lockdown and um, we were the only people that some of those recipients ever saw. So it was often a long conversation Social Mm. distance with your mask, and they didn't want you to go. Mm. So I appreciate that the Mm. mental health of all levels in society has suffered Mm. because of it. So you know, if there was the opportunity to make suggestions to the government to say that you know should should there be what is being termed a vulnerable portion of society, um, should we be putting in place some other methods rather than just saying a blanket lockdown. Yes, I I don't know what sort of methods but I think we do need to Mm. focus on those people who are alone and don't have any way of socialising with anyone. Okay. And and I'd just like to add that that's what I didn't like about the government's response and we're going back to that level four of 2020 because they didn't consider people living alone. They talked about bubbles of family members living together in households and how you could, um, how you had to stay in your bubble. They did eventually consider that there were um, an element of the population of who live on their own, basically you're forced to do solitary confinement And so when we had the August, I think it was the August lockdown, they said, right, for those people who live on their own, you can include in your bubble one other person. So we had to have all that time for them to work that one out. And and I know from global studies all around the world now, there is a large number of the population who live on their own, you know, whether it's um, elderly people or people who, who um, have lived on their own for years and years. So um, you have to consider them because I'd like to do a shout out. Um, SLM, Single Lives Matter. I'll leave, leave it there. I, I think that's really, really worthwhile. And, um, you know, thank you, Elizabeth, and thank you, Bev. I think it's really given us something to all think about it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Manawatu Conversations. This and other recent programs can also be found on the Manawatu People's Radio website and a range of programs is also available on the Manawatu Heritage website of the Palmerston North City Archive. The address for that is manawatuheritage.pncc.govt.nz If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. 
Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.